Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Saturday, January 6th. Today we're discussing the opening of Asia's largest natural science museum in northern China's Hebei and the improvement of earth science communication and accessibility with data sonification. Plus, we delve into the debate on whether endangered turtles should have legal rights and why Central American volcanoes are ideal for studying Earth's evolution. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. In other news, the Paleozoological Museum of China, the largest natural science museum in Asia, has opened its doors to the public in Baoding, in North China's Hebei province. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this museum and what it represents? Absolutely, Diego. This museum is a significant addition to the field of natural sciences. It covers around 80,000 square meters and is designed as a national-level theme museum. The core theme revolves around nature, life, and humanity, with evolution as its main storyline. It's not just a museum, but a comprehensive platform that provides a systematic presentation on paleontology and evolutionary biology. That sounds like an ambitious project. What kind of stories does the museum aim to tell? The museum aims to narrate the stories of natural history. It's designed to convey the concept that humans and nature are a community of life. This is a crucial message, especially in the current context of environmental crises and climate change. By understanding our shared history and interconnectedness with nature, we can hopefully foster a greater respect for our environment and work towards its preservation. It's great to see such initiatives that not only educate, but also foster a sense of responsibility towards our environment. Now let's shift gears and delve into a fascinating development in the field of science communication, data sonification. This method uses non-speech audio to convey complex data patterns, potentially overcoming visual and language barriers. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this? Absolutely, Diego. Data sonification is a technique that translates data into sound. It's particularly useful for interpreting multidimensional earth and environmental data streams. It could even reveal unrecognized patterns and feedbacks in large, complex datasets. This method is particularly promising for making science more accessible to people with visual impairments. That's fascinating. So how exactly does this work? Can you give us an example? Sure. Let's take the example of a project that sonified data from kimberlite eruptions over the past 240 million years. Each eruption is represented by a note, with the pitch of the note corresponding to the reconstructed latitude of the eruption. Higher latitudes are associated with higher pitches. The longitude is reflected in the stereo position of the sound. The fragmentation rate of the tectonic plates is represented by sustained minor and major sounds, with darker minor sounds indicating plate merging and brighter major sounds indicating plate breakup. The volume of crumbling rock sounds varies with the fragmentation rate, intensifying when the rate is high. This kind of sonification can help scientists and the public alike to understand complex geological phenomena in a new way. It's incredible to think about how sound can help us understand complex data. And speaking of incredible, today we're diving into the world of marine biology and conservation, specifically focusing on the work of Callie Vielenturf and her organization, The Leatherback Project. Charlotte, can you give us some background on Vielenturf and her work? 
Absolutely, Diego. Callie Vielenturf, a marine biologist, founded the Leatherback Project just before the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite battling health issues, she has dedicated her life to studying and protecting leatherback turtles. These ancient creatures have been on Earth since the Cretaceous period, but their populations are dwindling, with four out of the seven remaining populations considered critically endangered. Vielenturf and her team have been tagging turtles, studying their habits, analyzing nests, and training local indigenous communities in Panama to assist with data collection. That's fascinating. I understand that Vielenturf's work extends beyond just research and conservation. She's also involved in policy advocacy, correct? Yes, that's right. Vielenturf is a strong advocate for the rights of nature law, a legal construction that gives nature personhood rights. This law allows any citizen to file a case on behalf of a threatened living system or creature. Vielenturf's Leatherback Project is unique in its focus on the risks to the species at sea, where they often get tangled in plastic fishing nets and drown as bycatch. The project is working with fishermen and larger fisheries to reduce this bycatch. It's clear that Vielenturf is deeply committed to her work. Can you tell us more about the challenges she and her team face in their conservation efforts? Certainly. One of the major challenges is human activity. From eating the turtles or their eggs, to covering their nesting beaches with trash, to contributing to climate change, humans pose a significant threat to the survival of these turtles. The Leatherback Project is currently studying nesting areas in Panama, but human activity, including the construction of new ports, threatens these habitats. Vielenturf is using data from her research to influence decisions about these new shipping lanes. Despite these challenges, Vielenturf remains dedicated to her mission, even going so far as to attach expensive satellite transponders to the turtles to track their movements and provide valuable data for conservation efforts. It's truly inspiring to hear about Vielenturf's dedication and the length she's willing to go to protect these creatures. Now, let's turn our attention to Central America, a region known for its rich biodiversity and also a geological paradise. The volcanic arc extending from Mexico to Costa Rica is a unique natural laboratory for studying Earth's evolution. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this fascinating region and its geological significance? Absolutely, Diego. The Central American volcanic arc is a line of volcanoes formed through a process called subduction, where one tectonic plate sinks beneath another. This arc is relatively small, just 680 miles long, but it contains a variety of different types of magmas, some of which are unique on the planet. Geochemist Esteban Gazelle refers to it as a geological paradise that holds secrets about our planet's evolution. So what makes this volcanic arc in Central America so unique? The geochemical variations from Nicaragua to Costa Rica are the most extreme on the planet. Despite their proximity, Costa Rica and Nicaragua show significant geochemical differences in their magmas. This extreme variation in such a small area makes Central America the only place on the planet with these characteristics. Additionally, the region has a combination of denser oceanic crust and lighter continental crust, which provides unique insights into the Earth's evolution. Interesting. And how does this geological activity impact the region? Well, while the volcanic activity has created fertile lands that support agriculture and cattle raising, it has also brought death and displacement. For instance, in 1902, the Santa Maria volcano in Guatemala 
had one of the largest and most explosive eruptions of the 20th century. More recently, in 2018, the Fuego volcano in Guatemala erupted, killing more than 100 people. So, while the region's geology provides valuable insights into Earth's evolution, it also poses significant challenges for the people living there. That's a sobering reminder of the power of nature. What does the future hold for this region, geologically speaking? Geologically, Central America will continue to be a tectonically and volcanically active zone. As Gazelle points out, prevention and good construction can make a significant difference in saving lives in the face of eruptions and earthquakes. In terms of research, Gazelle and his team have been funded by the U.S. National Science Foundation to study high-magnitude eruptions in the region. So, Central America will continue to be a vital natural laboratory for studying Earth's geological processes. That's fascinating. It's clear that Central America's geological paradise has much to teach us about our planet's past, present, and future. All right, that wraps up our stories for today on Current Radio, and we look forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow.